This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are taking on the Detroit Tigers in the final three games before the All-Star break. That'll take place after the game on Sunday night. The Indians with a rare appearance on ESPN Sunday night baseball. So it's an 8.05 first pitch here at Progressive Field. And uh, it's been hard to get a ticket for this weekend series. If you're listening to this show early in the day Sunday or at some point on Saturday, there are still seats and plenty of them available for that Sunday nighter against the Tigers. So a national television audience will be here as ESPN broadcasts the ball game, and you can be here too. There are tickets available for Sunday night, and what a pitching matchup. Corey Kluber for the Indians, an all-star, and another all-star for the Detroit Tigers. It is Michael Fulmer who will be on the mound, so it should be a great pitching matchup on Sunday night. Now, coming up on this week's show, we'll get an update on Terry Francona, tribe manager who underwent surgery to take care of an irregular heartbeat at the Cleveland Clinic on Thursday. We had a chance to visit with Josh Tomlin, who checked in with Tito this week and uh, has an update on the tribe manager. He sent me a text message today, and he had an um, Uncle Sam hat on. <laughs> so he was saying, he said, you ever heard that old saying, win one for the giver? He's like, win one for the dork. And he sent me a picture of him with a, he's all hooked up to his systems and stuff like that, and he's got an Uncle Sam hat on. <laughs> we'll also visit with a couple of all-stars in Jose Ramirez and Jason Murray from the Indians coaching staff. Face Tony Gwynn as my first hitter, threw three pitches. He ended up getting a chopper base hit, and uh, Moise Salouf saw two pitches and hit a double down the line, and that was the end of the game. <laughs> James Harris has the farm report, and we'll have highlights from three big offensive performances from the tribe in our week in review. Swings and hammers one high and deep to center. Oh, is this crushed way, way out of here. That's all coming up as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Our final show before the All-Star break. More on that a little bit later on in our show as the Indians will be heavily represented at the All-Star game in Miami on Tuesday night. But taking a look at the week gone by, the Indians finished out a series in Detroit last Sunday in fine fashion after splitting a doubleheader last Saturday against the Tigers. They were looking to win the series, and they got it going against Justin Verlander thanks to Lonnie Chisenhall in the second inning. Verlander's ready in the 2-2. Swung on, blasted, deep right field, it is gone! What an at-bat by Lonnie Chisenhall against Justin Verlander. And Chisenhall with his third career home run off Verlander. And his all-star type first half continues. 2 nothing Indians 
as Lonnie Chisinau smokes a two-run homer into the seats in right field. It was a nine-pitch at bat. Victory, Lonnie Chisinau. Then in the third inning, it was Jose Ramirez going deep. Now the one-two pitch. And Ramirez swings and hammers one. Deep right and way out of here. Three-nothing Indians. Jose Ramirez hits his 14th home run. Another bullet home run down the right field line and way out of here. Still in the third, Carlos Santana came up big. Payoff. Swung on, drilled up the alley in right center. This is going to score a run. It'll get down and roll to the wall. Chisinau can walk home. Santana has delivered an RBI double to right center. And the Indians lead it 4 to nothing. So Santana has his 19th double and 44th RBI. And the Indians continue their assault of Justin Verlander. So the Indians were off to a quick start, and they kept it going in the fourth inning. Edwin Encarnacion coming through. The 2-2 to Encarnacion. He swings and lines it into right field. A base hit. That'll bring home Lindor as Brantley moves up to second. Edwin Encarnacion with an RBI single makes it 5-1 to one Tribe. And we've seen that a couple of times this weekend. Encarnacion battling and then just serving a pitch to the opposite field. And that RBI base hit by Encarnacion ends the day for Justin Verlander. Tigers went to that bullpen, but it did not matter with Jose Ramirez at the plate. Swung on, and there's a fly ball to right, deep, way back there, and that ball is gone. A home run to the opposite field for Ramirez. Second home run on the afternoon for Jose Ramirez, and the Indians now lead it 8-1. to one. Wow, is this kid hot. Then in the sixth, the Indians kept pouring it on. Edwin Encarnacion with a rare triple. Swung on, hit high, and deep to center field. Long run for Matuk. Can't make the catch. He reached out on the track and came up short. It'll rattle around around the wall in center field. In the scores, Brantley and Encarnacion on his way to third with a triple. And again, anywhere else, it's a two-run homer. And later on in that sixth inning, Carlos Santana with a big two-run double. Now the 1-0 pitch. Swung on line, deep left field. Down the line it goes. It is off the base of the wall. Encarnacion scores. Ramirez right behind him. On his way to third. In standing is Chisinau. And the Indians lead it 11-1. Meanwhile, Mike Clevenger was rolling right along after a slow start. He really picked things up through the middle innings. Here's Clevenger's 0-2 delivery. Swing and a miss, strike three. Cabrera down on strikes. Number seven for Mike Clevenger, who's only getting better as this game rolls along. So the Indians were out to an 11-1 lead, but the bullpen had some tough times, and the Tigers did make it close, but the Indians hung on for the 11-8 win, a series win, for the tribe. Monday, an off day for the Indians. They came back and on July 4th in front of a sellout crowd got a great performance from Corey Kluber against the San Diego Padres.
but San Diego scored one run, and that was enough in a one-run victory over the Tribe. one nothing. the final score on Tuesday night. Wednesday night, another win for the Padres, a team that is struggling this season in a rebuilding mode, but they look good on Wednesday night as well with a 6-2 to two victory over the Indians. The Tribe trying to salvage things in the series on Thursday night. And they did indeed do that as they struck early. Michael Brantley getting it started in the first inning. The pitch, he ropes one over everybody's head, down the right field line. It'll go to the wall. Lindor flying into third. He'll try to score. Brantley is going to third. Here's the throw toward third, and he's in sliding with an RBI triple. Michael Brantley with a laser over everyone's head at first. And near the right field line and rolled all the way to the wall. And it took Renfro a long time to get to that ball. And Michael Brantley puts the Tribe on top by a score of one to nothing. And that man again, all-star Jose Ramirez, kept it going in the first. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to right center. This ball gone! How about that? They pitch to Jose Ramirez, and he hammers a two-out, two-run home run to right center. Three-nothing Indians as they've scored more runs in the first inning tonight than they did in the first two games combined. Then in the third inning, both Lonnie Chisenhall and Bradley Zimmer added sacrifice flies that scored a run, and that made it 5 nothing Tribe. The Padres got on the board in the top half of the fifth inning, scoring twice. But in the bottom half of the fifth, Edwin Encarnacion would answer. The pitch is swung on and blasted high and deep right center field. Way back. Home run, Edwin Encarnacion. I hit it to the bullpens in right center. Number 18 for Encarnacion. And the Tribe is now up 6-2. to two. In the sixth inning, Jan Gomes played the long ball game. Torres is ready, the left-hander's pitch. And Gomes swings and hammers one. High and deep to center. Oh, is this crushed? Way, way out of here. Beyond the evergreens. Into that second level. Jan Gomes with his fifth home run. A prodigious blast to dead center. And the Indians now lead it 7-2. Three home runs for the Indians tonight. And they have found the long ball here at Progressive Field. They had gone seven consecutive home games without a home run. And I mean, they have pummeled some of them tonight. Gomes hits that in Elbert Bell territory. And trick-or-treaters are safe. Also in the sixth, Encarnacion continued what turned out to be a big night. Now the pitch. Swung on line drive, deep right field, down the line it goes. One hops up against the wall. In to score is Kipnis. On his way to second with a stand-up double, Edwin Encarnacion. Oh, oh boy, if he can bottle those last two swings, the RBI double down the right field line here in the sixth inning. And the solo home run to right center in the fifth. Then Edwin Encarnacion may match the numbers he's put up over the last five years with the Toronto Blue Jays. 
And still in the sixth, Jose Ramirez just kept right on rolling. He swings and hits a bullet to center base hit. Encarnacion will try to score. Here's Margos, throw to the plate, cut off, in to score Encarnacion. Ramirez in a run down between first and second. Tagged out, but he has his third hit and third RBI of the night. A two-out RBI single to center by Jose Ramirez. Makes it a three-run inning. Other than a small hiccup in that fifth inning, Josh Tomlin was outstanding. Best start in quite some time for Tomlin as he would pick up the final out in the seventh inning. Boy, when you see Tomlin like this, you realize how good he can still be. And again, remember how good he was in October, folks? There's no World Series without Josh Tomlin. The pitch swung on a ground ball to first. Encarnacion gobbles it up, flips to Tomlin. Boy, you can't be a whole lot better than Tomlin has been tonight. Another 10-pitch inning. So an 11-2 win over the Padres on Thursday night, what are the chances that would be the same score Friday night? Well, let's find out, shall we? The Tigers in town to take on the Tribe Final Series heading into the All-Star break. And a nice moment in the second inning of a scoreless ball game, Victor Martinez, who started his outstanding major league career with the Cleveland Indians, well, he's gone on to big things wherever he's been, whether it be Cleveland, Boston, or now Detroit. And he was sitting at 1,999 hits when he came to the plate in the second inning. The 0-1 pitch to Victor Martinez, and he sends a soft liner to left coming on Brantley, but he can't get there, drops for a base hit. And that's career hit number 2,000 for the man that started his career with the Cleveland Indians, Victor Martinez. And it goes up on the big jumbotron. And the fans here are some coming to their feet. He was such a popular Indian. He was part of that tremendous Indians team of 2007. One of the great leaders the Indians have ever had here. And this is really neat. Congratulations to Victor Martinez and congratulations to the Indians fans on their feet, roaring their approval for Victor Martinez, career hit number 2,000, one of the best people to ever wear an Indians uniform. And well-deserved is the first 900 of those 2,000 hits came in a tribe uniform back at the very beginning for Victor Martinez. That really was a neat moment on Friday night here at Progressive Field. Well, game still scoreless heading to the third inning. It wasn't for long as Michael Brantley, another all-star for the Tribe, came through. Swung on line, drive to right field near the line. Fair ball! It'll get down and go to the wall. Brantley on his way to second. Kipter scores. Lindor scores. There's the big hit from Michael Brantley. A two-run double down the right field line, and the Indians have a two-to-nothing lead here in inning number three. Michael Brantley gets his 16th double. He has 34 runs batted in. And the other all-star position player-wise for the Indians, Jose Ramirez, he would keep it rolling in that third inning. Swung on, grounded towards short, Iglesias, a backhand. Jump throw to first, not in time! Ramirez goes sprawling as he crosses the bag. Brantley will score, and it's 3-0 Indians. Not an all-star, but having that type of season, Lonnie Chisenhall, well, he came to the plate in the third inning with a man aboard. The pitch. A swing and a long drive to right. There she goes! Gone! 
Lonnie Chisinau puts an exclamation mark on inning number three. A two-run home run to right. And the Indians now lead it five to nothing. And for the second time in a week, they have a blowout inning against Jordan Zimmerman. Meanwhile, Carlos Carrasco was racking up the strikeouts. How about this in the fifth inning? And the pitch. Waved at and missed strike three. Boy, got him to chase a pitch low and outside. Looked like a slider that time from Carlos Carrasco. Here comes the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Boy, Carrasco has come out firing BBs here in the fifth inning. Strikeout number six for him. Here comes the 0-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. Carrasco strikes out the side in the fifth inning. Seven in the game for Carrasco, and we'll head to the bottom of the fifth. The Tribe five, the Tigers one. That's right, a nine-pitch one, two, three inning, three strikeouts on nine pitches, an immaculate inning. It's only been done once before in Cleveland Indians history. That was Justin Masterson a couple of years back. Meanwhile, the Indians were rolling along with a 5-2 to two lead when Bradley Zimmer came to the plate in the bottom half of the sixth inning. The pitch and he hits one high. He hits it deep. Matuk is back. Track. Wall. Gone! I think Bradley Zimmer is still angry at himself for misjudging a fly ball that became a single and turned into a run. Well, he just evened the slate. He pummeled that baseball to dead center. His fifth home run as a rookie. And the Indians have a 6-2 lead here in the sixth. A lot to like from Bradley Zimmer. Power, speed, good defense. It's all there for him. Also in that sixth inning, Francisco Lindor kept things rolling for the Tribe. Now the set, and Wilson's 1-1 delivery to Lindor. Swung on line to right field, down the line, fair ball. It'll scoot to the wall. Gomes scores, Kipnis around third, coming home. Lindor on his way to third, Kinsler's throw to third. He's in standing with a triple. Francisco Lindor yanks a two-run triple down into the right field corner. And the Indians are running the bases all night long. They are pummeling the Tigers 8-2. And give Frankie Lindor his second triple. And he now has 42 RBIs. Boy, oh boy. Does this ball club's offense take on a totally different look when the top two guys in the order are getting on the way Kipnis and Lindor have tonight? And the very next hitter in the sixth inning was Michael Brantley. The 2-0 pitch. A swing and a ground ball. Base hit into center. 9-2 Indians. Lindor touches home plate. Brantley with his second hit and third RBI tonight. And the route is on. Last night, the Indians scored 11 times. They follow it up tonight with nine. And in the bottom half of the seventh inning, Francisco Lindor kept going what was a big night at the plate. Lindor swings and drives one to deep left field, headed for the wall. It bangs off the wall. Extra bases for Lindor. In to score Zimmer. Kipnis will stop at third. And Frankie Lindor has a three-hit game. And now just a home run shy of hitting for the cycle. Lindor hit that ball about six feet up the wall and left. 
The RBI double gives him three RBIs tonight, 43 on the year, and the double is his 26th. Then a Michael Bradley sacrifice fly would cap off the scoring, making it 11-2 once again. Two straight nights, that's your final score, as the Indians would win it by that nine-run margin over the Tigers, taking game one of the three-game weekend series. So there's your week in review from Progressive Field here in downtown Cleveland. We'll continue with Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. We just had our week in review for the Indians on the field, but a much more serious situation off the field for Indians manager Terry Francona. On Tuesday, as the Tribe was preparing to play the Padres on an Independence Day here at the ballpark, Terry Francona was called to the Cleveland Clinic to return to the clinic to try and figure out exactly what's going on. Why has he had to leave a couple of games earlier this month or earlier in June with uh, what he called lightheadedness, that uh, feeling of almost blacking out in the dugout? Well, the, the good folks at the clinic, the doctors there doing some great work. And on Thursday... After a couple of days' stay with further tests and really trying to determine the root of the problem, Tito underwent a cardiac ablation procedure to correct a cardiac arrhythmia, irregular heartbeat. The arrhythmia was detected through diligent monitoring of Terry's heart rhythm over the past several weeks, and he is resting comfortably after a successful surgery at the clinic. He's expected to make a full recovery and uh, he'll be discharged at some point over the weekend here, and the Indians expect him to return to the dugout when they open play post-All-Star break in Oakland a week from yesterday, a week from Friday on the 14th of this month. So uh, that certainly will be something that the team is looking forward to. He will have to miss the All-Star game. The Indians coaching staff was expected to be led, the American League All-Stars, by Terry Francona, the manager of the American League champs, but because of the procedure and the rest that is needed to recover, he will not manage the American League All-Stars at the Major League All-Star game in Miami on Tuesday night. Brad Mills, who's been filling in, the bench coach for the Tribe, doing wonderful work in that area. He and the Indians coaching staff, along with former Indians coach and current Tampa Bay Rays manager Kevin Cash, they will lead the American League All-Stars at this year's All-Star Game. Now, we had a chance to catch up with Josh Tomlin on Thursday, actually Friday, and uh, he talked about what it's been like for him the last week or so that Tito has been away from the ball club. It's been it's been tough knowing the situation that he's that he's in. Um, we obviously have a great coaching staff, and and there's a reason why Tito handpicks his guys because he trusts them. With um, whenever something like this comes up, or he has to miss uh, the the game, so having this staff kind of around by themselves, watching them kind of work together and try to come up with a plan and come up with solutions to try to help win that game is. It's a, to me, it's just a representation of Tito when he's not here because it, he talks to these guys so much and they have such a great communication with each other that, um, you know, it's like, it's like he's here when he's not. But, you know, our first and foremost concern is, is how he's doing, his health, and we need him to be healthy for the remainder of the year. And um, that's, our, that's our, most con- our main concern is, is how he's doing health-wise and for him to get better for sure. He's referred to often as a player's manager and, and- – I'm sure for fans and, and for media alike, 
it's hard to describe that sometimes. What makes him such a good players manager in your mind? I think the the way he kind of deals with you get thrown so many numbers nowadays in baseball of like the the tendencies of this guy, the projection of this guy against certain guys, and, and, and he does such a good job of mixing those numbers that he gets from from the computer systems and all that kind of stuff with with how a guy's doing mentally that day. And he does such a good job because he trusts he trusts every he trusts the players on, on the he lets you play the game the way you you're, you play it. Doesn't try to change you. And he talks to you. He has a, he has dialogue with you. He talks about how everything's going, how you're doing. Um, so he knows kind of where you're at mentally before he puts you in a game or before you go out and, and, and try to perform. So he knows those things ahead of time, and he does a great job of mixing both of them together to try to get the best out of the player. And um, you know, I think the trust the trust factor is the most important thing. Is um, you know, his door is always open. You can come in there and talk to him about anything you want to talk to him about, whether it's about your your family or whether it's about your father, your your um, you know how you're doing mentally on the field, and, and and it doesn't he doesn't hold it against you. It's just one of those things where he appreciates the honesty and he gives the honesty right back. So there's such a great camaraderie there with the, with the guys that, and there's so much trust built up over the past five what, five years now that he's been here that you know guys enjoy talking to him. It's not just like okay, you need to go talk to him to see where I stand and like that. Guys just enjoy having conversations with him and talk baseball shop with him. And you've been able to communicate with him a little bit since he's been at the Cleveland Clinic. What indicators are there that uh, he's okay to you and, and he's still the same old Tito despite a, a pretty serious health issue here? He, he sent me a text message today and he had a, um, um Uncle Sam hat on. Uh, so he was saying, he's like, you ever heard that old saying, win one for the giver? He's like, win one for the dork. And he sent me a picture of him with a, he's all hooked up to his systems and stuff like that. And he's got a, Uncle Sam had on. I think it was something to do with his daughters or his granddaughters or grandkids. Maybe did on Snapchat, put a picture, uh, a hat on his head. So, you know, just little stuff like that. Just knowing that he's still the same guy, even though he's away from us right now, is is, is really reassuring for us. And um, you know, we're ready to have him back. Josh Tomlin joining us. You win a game without Tito here, and and one of your better efforts in in a while. And what was the the big key that allowed you to have some good success? I think controlling the count. I was always in in, in pretty good counts. Um, following Gomer's glove. Gomer had a great game plan. We talked before the before the game and um, kind of understanding what we wanted to do, but wanting to do something and then executing is two different things, obviously. And that's kind of been the story of my career, uh, not career, but story of this this season for me so far. So um, you know, having that conviction and trusting. That when I throw that pitch, it's going to be the right pitch, and that was that was the main thing. And controlling the counts, being in one-two counts, O-two counts, and having guys in defensive swings um, is always going to be huge for me. And um, once I can control the count and get guys to kind of chase out of this own little bit, get them on the front foot, or give them to miss the barrel as much as I can, is usually it's going to be a good day for me. Josh, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it, Rose. Thanks for having me. That's Josh Tomlin touching on a, a couple of different subjects, most notably. His manager, Terry Francona, who has been away from the team since Tuesday, but uh, certainly appears to be on the track to recovery after surgery on Thursday to correct an irregular heartbeat at the Cleveland Clinic. Well, we hope you can stay with us. When we come back, we'll check in with a current all-star for the Tribe, Jose Ramirez, and a former all-star player for the Indians who will return to the game as a coach, Jason Bure. That's coming up in our next segment as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend. 
as we talk baseball on the radio heading into the All-Star break. And the Indians will be well represented at this year's All-Star game. Jose Ramirez voted in by the fans. He will be the starting third baseman. Player vote, Michael Brantley makes it for a second time. Nice recovery for Brantley after missing most of last season due to those shoulder issues. Francisco Lindor goes back for the second time in two seasons, as does relief pitcher Andrew Miller. And also being selected by the office of the commissioner, Corey Kluber will be going back for a second straight season. Great representation for the Indians on the all-star team, as well as the coaching staff. The entire coaching staff will be there as well. And we had a chance to catch up with Jose Ramirez earlier this week. As always, great translation uh, translation help from Anna Bolton, who does a a great job in that area. And we asked Jose about being named an all-star through the fan vote. I feel I feel really happy. I feel really happy with the support that I've gotten from the fans and that they helped me get to the All-Star game and to be a starter in the All-Star game. And when you look at the All-Star game, growing up in the Dominican Republic, were you able to watch the game as a kid? And if so, who were some of the, the stars that you liked to follow watching the game growing up? Yeah, I was able to watch the games, and like I always say, my favorite player then was Jose Reyes. And, and how about now? Obviously, you see people from the American League, some of the best stars, but uh, National League, not as often. Is there anyone in particular you're looking forward to seeing at this year's All-Star Game now that you're a player in the game? Somebody that I really like now is Jose Altuve because, wow, he's an amazing player, and it's going to be a really great gift to be able to play with him in the All-Star game, and it's going to be an honor and a pride to be able to, to play in the same team as him. Indians All-Star Jose Ramirez joining us. Great season overall, uh, very consistent, but the last month or so it, it seems like it's been even better than great. What are some of the keys that allow you to get into a stretch like this and keep it going for that length of time? Uh, I mean, this is how baseball is. You're going to have good months, you're going to have bad months, you're going to have normal months. And the important thing is to stay focused and to continue to work hard and to keep on trying to move for, move ahead. And thank God I've been getting good results lately. And the team's been playing better of late, a little more consistency lately from the team. What are you seeing from the team that, that you really like here heading into the All-Star break? Uh, I mean, I really like everything that I'm seeing in the scene now. We're playing well, and we're always trying to motivate each other and give each other energy, and we're doing the right things that we need to move ahead. Jose, congratulations on the All-Star Game. Gracias. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. De nada. That's Jose Ramirez with translation help from Anna Bolton, an Indians All-Star, the first voted in since 2001. Juan Gonzalez, the last Indians All-Star to be voted into the game. Now, we had a chance to catch up with Jason Bray. He's the Indians' bullpen coach who's excited to be going to the All-Star game with this Indians coaching staff, to be sure. Jason, I know a, a thrill for everyone on the staff and for you a chance to return to the All-Star game after making one appearance as a player. And there are others on the staff who've been there as a player, Sandy Alomar, of course, most notably for, for Indians fans. Yours came in 1994. Overall... A positive experience, and we'll get to why it may not be in a little bit, but uh, the whole thing, being in Pittsburgh as part of the All-Star team, a pretty neat deal as a player? 
Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was my second year in the big leagues. Um, so uh, to be recognized as, uh, you know, an all-star in my second year was, you know, and I was still relatively young. Uh, great experience. Didn't uh, didn't end well, but it was a good time, good couple days there. All right. For folks who might have be hearing this and now are on their computers looking up box scores, Jason Beret took the loss in the 10th inning. You were saying earlier, though, that the all-star games are interesting because – managers try to get everybody in but you kind of knew beforehand that it would take some different circumstances to get into the game yeah Cito Gaston was the manager uh he was managing Toronto at the time and he was the AL manager uh and he called myself uh, and I believe it was Ricky Bonus in the office to let us know that Jimmy Key and David Cohen were pitching really well that year so they were probably going to throw maybe one more than one inning and Wilson Alvarez may not pitch also because we were the road team, and if we were happen to be losing, then Lee Smith would actually pitch the eighth and not the ninth. So uh, they didn't really have um, innings for us, but Fred McGriff tied it up, and uh, they called down to get me ready. And, uh, you know, so I, I pitched and uh, faced Tony Gwynn as my first hitter, threw three pitches. He ended up getting a chopper base hit, and uh, Moise Salouf saw two pitches and hit a double down the line, and, that was the end of the game. So you look in there and your, your ERA and the All-Star Games Infinity, have, have you been able to get past that? Yeah. It was <laughs> it was 23 years ago, so hopefully I'm past that. Um, yeah, I wish it turned out differently, but, you know, in the end it was a great experience and uh, something I'll, I'll always remember. It'll be good to go back. You know, like I said, it's been 23 years. And now as a coach, you know, at, at the time that it happened as a player, I, you know, kind of uh, brashly thought that, you know, oh, I, I might have an opportunity to come back, and obviously I never did, um, you know, unlike Sandy, who went more than once. But it's a great experience. It's a, it's it's great that the, you know, fans vote, and you know, but mainly for pitchers, it's it's your peers and, and coaching staffs that vote, so it's nice to be recognized um, as an all-star as a player. There's so much surrounding the game now with uh, the Futures game and, and the red carpet the day before, the, or that day, and uh, it seems like there's so much more now. Was that starting to build up in 94, or was it still pretty much just the game? Uh, it was pretty much just the game. Um, we didn't have different BP jerseys or anything like that. For the, um, you know, I think they do a good job to make it an overall fan experience. Um, you know, there's a lot of things now that are a little bit different. You know, now they have the you know rookie of the month each month, and you know I think it's just more about notoriety. Um, but you might have won one of those rookie of the months if they had them, right? Uh, possibly, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. The rookie year was, you know, might have been better than my second year, but and obviously the second year um, in '94 unfortunately ended, uh, you know, with the strike in '94. So, um, you know, and I know a lot of fans are. It was us in Cleveland at the time, me being with the White Sox, and you know, I know there's a lot of people that feel that it might have ended differently um, with Cleveland overtaking us, but. Both teams are pretty strong. Next week you'll have a chance to be in that bullpen, and, and obviously if you look forward to working with Andrew Miller. But uh, how about some others? That, have you had a chance to really look at the roster of, of who might be out there at different points in time and, and then what you do, what role you would serve as, as a bullpen coach in, in a game where everybody tries to get in at some point? It's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of blown away each day being out there to watch our guys, um, how quick they get ready and, how quick they go from zero to 60. Um, and and you're talking about the some of the best of the best, certainly in the game right now, that are going to be representing um, out there. And, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. For the most part, you know, I don't really have a history with any of these guys, so I'm going to pretty much just stay out of their way, flip them a ball, and 
you know, enjoy watching them uh, air it out and get ready to go into the game. That's Indians bullpen coach Jason Beret. Great memories of going to the game as a player, even though it didn't quite work out the way he would have hoped when he did get a chance to pitch in the 1994 Midsummer Classic. Well, we hope you can stay with us when we come back. Our final segment with James Harris, the weekly farm report. He's the director of player development for the Tribe. That's coming up as Tribe Talk concludes on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back. It's our final segment of Tribe Talk here at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Our weekly farm report with Indians Director of Player Development, James Harris. And this week we had a chance to talk AAA baseball, the Columbus Clippers, and Sean Moramundo has had a great stretch on the mound for AAA Columbus. Three complete game shutouts will open some eyes, and that's what he's done. And bear in mind, it is not easy to throw a shutout at the AAA level for a lot of reasons. And we asked James why that is. It might not be apparent, but he explains. So right now he's really efficient. So, I mean, he's getting guys out, which is what you want. But at the AAA level, AA level, and, and anywhere in the minor leagues, you have a lot of pitchers that you want to get work to. But when a guy is going out there and having success, he kind of forces his way to stay on the mound by being really efficient, going out there, getting guys out, staying under his pitch counts, and uh, doing a really good job. So we're happy to see him be able to string a couple good appearances together. And when you look at someone like him who has apparently taken a great step forward this year, uh, there have been some signs in the past, but what's allowed him to, to really make that next jump now? I think now he's starting to put it all together. I mean, having having good routines, working hard, coming to the park every day and trying to put it all together is now you're seeing the performance. He, he's worked on putting this process together, and it's always good when the process leads to the results. James, thanks a lot for coming by. Thank you. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Enjoy the all-star break, everyone. Hope you can tune into the ball game on Tuesday night from Miami. We'll join you next week from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. Another edition of Tribe Talk comes your way then. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic, Indians Radio Network.